And welcome to another edition of Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Two Steps Ahead Podcast, encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. I'm Son Edom, and coming up on the show, we're going to talk about an election that just took place. What? Now, if you'd known about this election, I'm almost positive you would have participated. What am I talking about? Is it an election about national security? No. Is it an election about the presidency? No. Is it a local election? Do I see banners or yard signs up and down my neighborhood as I'm driving about this election? No. Is it about taxes? No. So what could this election possibly be, and how does it impact us? I'm going to tell you right now. It's the 2022 National Toy Hall of Fame inductee selection. Did you know that the National Toy Hall of Fame exists? Did you know that? It's in Rochester, New York. You can go to museumofplay.org to check it out. Now, the National Toy Hall of Fame is at the Strong, whatever that means, established, though, in 1998. And so what does the National Toy Hall of Fame recognize? Well, they recognize toys that have been inspired or they have inspired creative play and have been enjoyed with huge popularity over a long period of time. Now, each year, this prestigious hall inducts new honorees and showcases both the new and historic versions of classic toys beloved by generations. Now, obviously, toys evolve over the years, and some become obsolete, and some evolve and have different versions of it. And so the National Toy Hall of Fame is all about toys, celebrating toys. Do you still play with toys? Have your toys gone from little green men to maybe, or maybe gone from your Tonka truck to your F-150 or your Silverado? Do you have big boy toys, big girl toys now? Barbie dolls put in the shelf? Have you reached Toy Story 4 where you're giving your toys away, whatever ones that he gives the toys away? So the National Toy Hall of Fame, they concluded the voting. The voting is done. And uh, the announcement is going to be made November 10th of 2022. Now, as I was thinking about this and going through this, and I was reading about it, I found it interesting because when we grew up, if you're from relatively close to my generation, you had toys. You played outside. There wasn't much to do inside. We didn't have, at least I didn't have, a hundred cable channels or satellite TV channels to watch. In LA growing up, you had channel two, channel four, channel five, channel seven, channel nine, channel 11, channel 13. And nine, 11, and 13 were usually an afterthought. And five had the nightly news with Hal Fishman. Okay. So we had toys. That was what it was all about. You get up on a Saturday afternoon, you watch your Saturday morning, you watch your cartoons in the morning, and then the afternoon you go outside and play. You had a bike, you were gone all day. You didn't come back until you were called in when the lights came on, the night the street lights came on, right? 
And then you would try to be out of range when those lights came on because that way you couldn't hear mom screaming, come in. It's dark outside. Got to get cleaned up, eat dinner, go to bed. And so today I ask kids, hey, what are you doing this weekend? Going to go outside, going to play, going to bike, going to ride a bike? Going to play with your friends in the neighborhood? Maybe you got a sandbox? They're going to play Fortnite, Minecraft, Call of Duty, and any number of game that's online, video games, like maybe uh, Grand Theft Auto. And that's what they're going to play. Or they've got games on their iPad, or they're watching TV, or they're watching YouTube, or they're watching something, but they're not outside. And so kids today, they don't have, I think, the skills emotionally, mentally, physically, and all that that we had growing up because they're being brought up in a video age, a technological age that I think is really stunting some of their growth. That might not be their physical growth, but growth as a person. And we'll touch on that a little bit later, but let's have some fun with this first. So what are this year's nominees? Well, we'll get to that in a moment. But first, 1998 was the first year of inductees. What did you play with as a kid? What were some of your favorite toys? Well, the first inductee was, and this was a class, so not in order, but just the class of 98 included the teddy bear. I don't think it was Teddy Ruxpin, just the teddy bear. Crayons. Now, when you grew up, did you have crayons? Did you have the small little eight pack? Did you have the 16 pack? Did you have the 32 pack? Or were you the cool kid that had the 64 pack plus the crayon sharpener in the, uh, on the side? See, I graduated through the years, started with the eight pack. And then I think by the time sixth grade rolled around, I was able to get the 64 pack with the sharpener. And then the colors were like ridiculously stupid. It was blue. Navy blue, like Pismo Beach blue, like midnight blue, like sun setting over a deep, a deep ocean blue. And they just came up with some ridiculous names and they all pretty much looked like the same color. And then you had red and then crimson red, then sapphire red, then red diamond and then red lips and then red heart. And it's like, really? And yellows and blues and greens. And it was pretty much just a little bit the tint or the hue was just a little different, but we had to have them. Couldn't have just the eight couldn't have just the 16 because we're, our creativity depended upon our masterpiece, our Picasso depended upon that 64 crayon set with sharpener. Now we were really set. We were ready to create those masterpieces that would hang in the halls of the kitchen on the refrigerator with pride. Here's my young artist on display. And so you have the crayons, the erector set, which I never got into. Uh, the Frisbee, we still play today. It's not just a game for hippies with long hair in the 60s. Uh, Play-Doh, which is common in schools everywhere. Now, marbles. Marbles have kind of gone away. You know, remember, see, marbles used to be where you shoot for marbles. It used to be a game where you actually shoot for marbles. You had a marble that was your shooter marble, and you sit there and you get the thumb going, and you launch the marble, and you try to knock out other marbles. And then I guess if your marble was left in the circle, you would win. Kind of like a... Uh, schoolyard version, really, of that uh, Olympic sport uh, where you throw the rocks down. I forget what the name of it is now. It'll come to me a little bit later. But it's something like that, and it was a lot of fun. And people would sit there, and you'd just play them. But now marbles, they don't really seem to be – they're more in, uh, inclusive with, like, uh, marble mazes and stuff like that, right? 
And so anyway, so then Legos, how many times have you stepped on Lego? The Barbie doll, Monopoly, Etch-A-Sketch, which was that thing. You had that square thing, and you had the two dials, and then you'd spin the dials, and you'd try to draw your line to create some sort of picture on this gray box that was on this Etch-A-Sketch thing, on the red plastic. And then oftentimes you'd find one, and someone smashed on it because maybe they got mad or they stepped on it, and so it didn't really work all the time. You'd have this dented-in area that you had to avoid because it wouldn't work. And so... uh and then Tinker Toys. So that was the class of 98. And then, of course, you have to include the class of 99 because, again, you had some classics like the Lincoln Logs, the Hula Hoop, the Yo-Yo, Roller Skates, the Radio Flyer Wagon. How many of you had one of those? And the Viewmaster. You know, the Viewmaster, we slipped that disc. In fact, I think, talking about social media and TikTok, I think TikTok has a template that's like a Viewmaster now. So maybe the Viewmaster is coming back, but you would – have the thing and you click it and then it would rotate and then have different pictures there. Very boring by today's standards, by the way. Imagine giving one of those to a toddler or someone. They would just chuck it out the window. Last year's inductees were the American Girl doll, Risk. Did you know that Risk was a uh, board game based off of a French filmmaker's idea for uh, conquering the world? I think it came out, uh, I think the original version in France was 1957. And then Parker Brothers purchased the rights and created the game of Risk, as you know it today, in 1959. It was the first popular game involving strategy, diplomacy, conflict, and conquest. Now, I, never, I never played it. I was more of a stratego kind of guy. Uh, risk never really was my forte, but I know I had a Risk game growing up. And then Sand. Sand was the third inductee last year. It's called the most universal toy in the world. Not really sure what... Uh, Sand would be a toy, unless you're at the beach, I guess. But or now you have kinetic sand that they like to play with in uh, schools, elementary schools. But sand itself, I guess it was suitable, as they say, for pouring, scooping, sieving, raking, and measuring. And then wet sand was even better. And then you had, so when we grow up, you go to the beach, right, and you get the bucket, Maybe it's that red or green bucket and then the shovel and you fill it up and you pack it down and then you flip it over and now you're making your castle, right? So sand was the universal toy. So you've got the inductees. So now, oh, some other ones, by the way. Mention the Atari 2600 or video games. So when I grew up, the Atari 2600 came out and again, you'd have to uh, play it. And if you wanted to play with friends, they'd come over, right? And you'd have the slumber parties or the, I guess they're called the sleepovers these days. Because slumber parties is not what we talk about. But you had the Atari 2600. When you want to play with somebody, you could just you'd get together. Now you play online, so you have this world of online friends. And I remember many times getting together with friends and playing the Atari 2600. Or how about those handheld games? Do you remember those handheld games like uh, this one? Did you ever have this one? Mattel's electronic baseball game. And it was very primitive. You had a pitch button, a hit button, and then a run button. And it would, uh, if you hit the ball, it would give you beeps. And then the beep would kind of indicate how many bases you could take without getting thrown out. And so this was great for car rides. Uh, this was great for if we were sick and we had to stay in bed all day and you had like a fever or something growing up and you really couldn't play much, but you were bored. So you'd play this all day. Or when I'd go over to a friend's house, we'd play this and have competition. Well, what about this one? The football game. Did you ever play Mattel's football? This is the one that you could only run. You're like one one dot, 
one blip on offense, and then you had like I think five defenders you had to weave your way through using the uh, up and down, right and left arrows. And then eventually we graduated. We got really sophisticated in the handheld electronic game, and you had this one that you could pass. And then once you learned to pass, the scores went up. And then there was the punt button. I think both of them had like a kick button, but you never did. You'd always just go for it. And you'd make that a rule that you had to go for it, so that way it'd make the game more exciting. Or how many three-point baskets did you attempt with this one, the basketball one? Or what was even better on road trips, because when you played with these games on road trips, you would do your thing, and then when your time was up, and basketball was always harder, but let's say the football one or the baseball one, you'd be sitting there and you'd be playing, and then you'd be fourth down and you'd have to turn the ball over, and now it's the other person's time to play. So you'd hand it to them. And in fact, I think this one here was only, you could only play by yourself. I mean, I guess you could play it both ways. But this one became a little bit more uh, two-person game, a little bit more easier to play two-person game, although you could play with either one. But you play those on road games, on road trips, and then you play and pass it back and forth and it would entertain you. And it was even before, before the Walkman. What did you do in a long drive before the Walkman? You had to play video game or you had to talk or you had to create some sort of game or maybe read but see i never read because i'd get dizzy and that was never a good thing and then this one came along and this one you could actually play a hockey game you could actually play two people at the same time they're on their end i'm on my end they're on defense i'm on offense and then you switch and you're the goalie and you're trying to defend the goal and they're passing the puck back and forth and they try to shoot and it was actually a two-person game so we'd play these and as you can see i still have them which, on a side note, for those of you that told me all these years to get rid of them because I'm a hoarder, I'm a pack rat, and I never used them again, told you I'd use them again, and now they're being used. Maybe not in the manner you thought, but again, they're being used. So these were the type of video games that we had. And nowadays, and, and again, it was still participation with other people. You could play by yourself or you could play with a friend. And you had to be in the proximity of someone to play with. You know, and again, you're building relationships, you're building friendships, you're working on resolving conflict and a whole bunch of stuff. Now you can just sit on the other end of a computer. You don't even have to have a webcam. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But now you're just playing online. Sure, there's a lot of communication because I think a lot of people that play those online games have those microphones. And so they're communicating, but you don't have to. And so toys have kind of become obsolete. I mean, think about it. KB Toys. Remember you used to go to the mall? And KB Toys was there, and now it's gone. What about Jeffrey, the giraffe at Toys R Us? Extinct. No more Toys R Us. Although I did hear that uh, they're trying to resurrect the uh, the brick-and-mortar stores again for Toys R Us, but will that survive? Is there enough toys there? Can people play with toys? And you think about some of the other things. I mean, Nintendo Game Boy inducted into the Hall of Fame. Candyland, Checkers, Putty. Uh, Bubbles, Mr. Potato Head. Remember Toy Story? Had Mr. Potato Head and those little green men. Both of those in the Toy Hall of Fame. The Wiffle Ball, Rubik's Cube, the Paper Airplane, Chalk, Pinball. I mean, there's a bunch of stuff. Star Wars figures, the Big Wheel. Did you have the Big Wheel? Did you have the Green Machine? What did you do? Dominoes. Who knew that Dominoes? I, I, was, I was watching kids yesterday play Dominoes, and... I don't know if you know how to play dominoes, but most people don't know how to play dominoes because what are dominoes for? Stacking and knocking down. I wonder if dominoes ever had that in mind when they created the game. 
or was there intent to have this game with the numbers on it, you know, kind of like a flat dice, right? And you had two numbers on it. Did they ever intend for it to become a game where you would build things and then knock it down and watch this mesmerizing fall of this creation that you made with dominoes? So those are some of the things that are in the Hall of Fame. So, again, what are this year's nominees? So the finalists for this year, did you play it? It's a game that is a descendant from a lottery game that was first played in Italy around 1530. And then the game uh, became known as Lotto, I guess. Not Lotto as in the lottery, but a Lotto that was played in France and in Germany. And it was used as a teaching tool. And then a marketing company in the 1920s kind of took it over and it became this game called, a carnival game called Bino, and then that became Bingo. And that is what we have is a bingo that's up for the Hall of Fame. Maybe you play it in a different country like Mexico, Loteria. Play it at churches, charitable events. I don't know. Does anybody play bingo anymore in their house? If you don't know how to play bingo, let me enlighten you. Bingo, how to play. The object of the game is to be the first player to get a five in a row horizontally, vertically, or diagonally. Setup. Give each player a scorecard and markers. Special note, some scorecards have built-in markers. Put all the bingo balls in the cradle and mix them up. One person, the caller, mixes the balls and draws one at random and calls out the letter and number on the ball. Each player then marks the called letter on their scorecard if it is present. The caller sets the drawn ball aside to mark it. If the player has five in a row, they call out bingo. They read back their letters and numbers to the caller to confirm a correct win. If they are correct, then the player wins. If they're not correct, or if no one called out bingo, then the caller draws another ball and the process repeats until there is a winner. The middle space on each board is the free space, and always counts as if it has a marker on it. Another popular way to play is called blackout. This is when the object of the game is for the players to completely fill their scorecard with marks instead of just getting five in a row. Did you play blackout? I never played blackout. In fact, I don't think I remember hearing about that. But I never really played bingo wasn't much of a bingo fan. I think bingo with their free space was the start of everybody gets a trophy. Why do you get a free space? But bingo is up for the Hall of Fame. Uh, Briar Horses, which started in 1951. Catan, uh, which is a German game from 1995 about settlers. Light Bright, created in 1966. Did you ever play Light Bright? Do you know what Light Bright is? Light Bright, the toy that lets you create beautiful pictures with light. Light, light, Work with colorful pegs that glow with light, light bulb not included. Make people, animals, things, and with refills, Bugs Bunny or Bozo the Clown. You can make lots of pretty pictures with Light Bright from Hasbro. See, Light Bright, when they brought out uh, Bugs Bunny and Bozo the Clown, those packages, 
Remember Lego? You just get random Legos and just build stuff, right? And then all of a sudden they became sets. And then you'd build these sets that were designed specifically to come up with a particular image or uh, whatever. And Star Wars became huge in the Lego world as well. But Lightbright, you'd find it along with Etch-A-Sketch and some of these uh, you know, dolls and stuff. You'd find them like in the, the nurseries at churches or in the Sunday school classes. And Etch-A-Sketch, like I mentioned earlier, would oftentimes not work. And Etch-A-Sketch, you'd have to shake it to erase it. And sometimes it would never erase Lightbright was kind of that way too. How disappointing you pick up Lightbright and pegs would not light up and then there'd be pegs missing. So there's not enough to be able to make anything. And so Lightbright might have been a novel idea, but it really, uh, especially for kids, they'd lose pegs all the time. Maybe that's the concept. I don't know. Maybe you could buy replacement pegs. And so they thought, hey, you know, we can make money off of this. But Lightbright up for the Hall of Fame. Masters of the Universe action figures, He Man and Skeletor. The cartoon from 1983 to 1985. Did you watch it? Uh, the pinata, the centerpiece of party games. You fill it with, uh, I guess, candies, but you can fill it with anything. Coins, confetti, small toys. How disappointing confetti. We tried it one time. I heard that you could stick beer in a, in a, uh, in a pinata, like get like a big beer pinata. So we stuck a bunch of cans of beers in the pinata. Yeah, I don't recommend that at all. That was a huge mess. Phase 10, I've recently played Phase 10. It's a cool game, back to 1982. It's a rummy-style card game, although I will tell you it is um, takes forever. But it's a card game, but it's the second best-selling card game in the world, this Phase 10. Have you played it? It's second only to a National Toy Hall of Fame inductee. You've guessed it, Uno. Uno, the best-selling game. In the world. Pound Puppies from 1984. Racco, a 1956 card game. Spirograph and the Spinning Top round out the finalists. Now, I left one off the table. And it's the one that I actually voted for. I did vote. I suppose you go back every day and vote like once a day for as many days as the voting was opening. But I just voted one time. And I voted for my favorite of the list. Something that was definitely in the backyard of my youth. It's this. See, now Nerf is a great lesson in adapting or dying. So growing up, we had the Nerf football. Usually it was one color, maybe orange or red. Sometimes you get the multicolor one. Maybe it was blue and yellow. Maybe there's some other colors. And you'd go out in the backyard or wherever. Like I said, we would go down to the corner church lot and we'd play football. And Nerf was great because everybody, our neighborhood consisted of kids of all ages, from elementary school to high school. And so by using the Nerf, A, we could throw it farther. But then B, kids weren't getting hurt and people weren't running home crying to mom and dad and causing issues. And so you could play Nerf. Or if you're in the backyard, you could play with the Nerf ball and not break the neighbor's windows. So the neighbor's windows were spared from being broken. And so um, I would play with the Nerf football. 
And then from there, I got a Nerf basketball, which I play in my bedroom. I uh, got a basketball hoop and played Nerf. And then, of course, you have different variations of Nerf balls. But then you talk about adapt or die. A Nerf ball can only go so far, right? It's this foam ball. And again, if you had the football, maybe the pointed ends of the football might fall off or bite off or whatever. And so you have this oblong-shaped ball of foam that you're chucking around. So you had to go about and get a new one every once in a while so that you had that cool-looking, fully completed Nerf ball because foam would fall apart. Paint would chip off. you get holes in it. Maybe you'd pick at it. Maybe someone would get mad and throw it down or rip it apart because they were upset because there was a argument in the playground. Whatever it was. And so that was that kind of the thing that kind of kept Nerf football and Nerf balls being purchased over and over again. But how do you expand from that? How do you adapt or die? Well, then it became Nerf darts, Nerf guns. I think there was a Nerf super soaker, Nerf archery. And then you started to see that they expanded their repertoire of Nerf toys. And then you had like different versions of Nerf balls, like the Vortex that would fly like forever, supposedly, and different things like that. So again, Nerf is a, uh, as a company, as a toy, is a great lesson in adapting or dying because if they didn't adapt, they probably still wouldn't be around because I think today they're known for their Nerf guns and their Nerf weaponry as opposed to when I was growing up, it was all about the Nerf ball, especially the football. But so Nerf is what I voted for. Started in the 1960s, a foam ball, harmless enough to throw indoors, Remember breaking the the lamps? Uh, And then from there, you got the blasters and all the other stuff. And so uh, Nerf went from the football to now you've got all these different things, and they're safe. And kids can play them, and then you have fun. And again, some of these things, you know, you had paintballs, you know, for the adults. And so you'd run around the neighborhood with these Nerf darts. And remember before, it was pew, 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 you know, I shot you, no, you didn't. And you're just like, you know, making stuff up, right? Well, now you have these legitimate means by which to actually shoot somebody, and it resolved all kinds of neighborhood conflicts. Because we'd go play capture the flag, and then we'd incorporate these Nerf guns and capture the flag. And then, of course, everybody had to one-up each other if they could with their massive arsenal of weaponry. And then pretty soon it got pretty crazy and out of control. But, again, it was fun, and it provided a lot of endless hours of outside activity that was safe and fun. So again, the finalists, Bingo, Briar Horses, Catan, Light Bright, Masters of the Universe, Action Figures, Nerf, Pinata, Phase 10, Pound Puppies, Racco, Spirograph, and the Spinning Top, with the winners being announced or the inductees being announced in on November 10th. Now here are some games that I think should be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Okay, these are ones that are not in yet, and I don't think they've even been considered. This next one, or this first one that I think should be considered that should have already been in the Hall of Fame is also, I think, my favorite jingle of all time. You know, you create a jingle, a song that's going to go along with the um, commercial or with the product to kind of help you remember the product so that you would go and buy it. So this is my all-time favorite, I think, jingle ever of a product that was used in a commercial. And I think this is something that should be considered and definitely voted into the National Toy Hall of Fame. 
Slinky toys are fun toys. What walks downstairs alone or in pairs and makes a slinkity sound. A spring, a spring, a marvelous thing. Everyone knows it's Slinky. It gives a big lift when wrapped as a gift. A very likable toy. It's falling in place, brings smiles to your face. Something kids can enjoy. It's Slinky, it's Slinky. For fun, it's a wonderful toy. It's Slinky, it's Slinky. It's fun for a girl and a boy. And slinky mobiles with big slinky wheels and pistons that move as you go. It makes a great sound when you pull it around. The driver's an old-timey fellow. A slinky dog, a slinky train, many more wonderful toys. You tug the string, they do their thing. They're great for girls and boys. They're slinkies, they're slinkies, really wonderful toys. They're slinkies, they're slinkies, they're fun for girls and boys. Slinky, Slinky Dog, Slinky Mobile, all Slinky toys sold separately by James Industries. I think, uh, how can you not feel happy, upbeat, listening to that jingle about Slinky? Now, they talk about Slinky, fun for a girl and a boy. I'm surprised the cancel culture, remember them? They didn't come out and try to cancel Slinky because of all those other genders that are out there. But Slinky is one that definitely should be in the Toy Hall of Fame. That was revolutionary. You could do all kinds of things with that. You could walk down the stairs. You could create different things with it. Remember the movie um, with um, Sylvester Stallone? He goes to prison, and he, um, oh, Tangle and Cash, I believe it is. And he ta- and the kid, though his bunkmate, has a slinky and keeps slinking and slinking the slinky, and then next thing you know, Sylvester Stallone ties the dude up with his slinky on the top bunk in the prison cell. Can use slinky for many things. Got to be creative. Another toy that I think should be inducted into the Toy Hall of Fame. Did you ever play this one? And did it ever give you anxiety? I found this at a school that I go to that I work at. And I found it in uh, some room. Had time to kill. And I played it. And I had the video going. And so then I posted it. And there's a lot of PTSD out there from people who played this uh, game as a kid. Do you remember what it is? Let me enlighten you. When you're into perfection, keep on your toes. You have to be quick, because here's how it goes. Push the plunger down, set the timer. Fit the pieces in place. Don't be slow in perfection. You've got to move on fast. Move on fast. Perfection, complete with playing box, mechanical timer, and 25 geometric shapes from Lakeside. Have you ever PTSD thinking about that? You set the timer and you have to put all the geometrical shapes in before the thing pops and then they all come flying out of their house or the geometrical shape that you put it in. And it's really not as easy as you might think. Now, again, as an adult... It's uh, it can be pretty easy, but again, you think about it. You got all these geometrical shapes. Remember that infant toy, that maybe that toddler toy where you have like that. I don't know, is it an octagon? And then you have like the 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 round circle, and then you have the square, and then you have maybe like an X, and then they have to take the piece and they have to drop it in, and then you open it up, you separate it, and they fall out, and you do it again, and they're learning shapes, right? That's like what perfection was. It was a uh, the next version, I guess, where you'd sit there and you have to try to put these. Uh, geometrical shapes into these things. I think there's 25 of them. You had like a minute to do it. And if you didn't get it done, it would pop up. And so again, you had, and usually it was done 
with a group of people. I don't think, maybe you did, played by yourself, but that's what it was. You surrounded yourself with friends, and you would sit there, and you'd play. And you watch these old commercials, and that was the concept. I think this commercial, if you're watching on the video portion, you see the commercial. It's a family playing, and the dad is sitting there trying to put the geometrical shapes in. It pops up. And he's like, oh, I didn't get it. But again, you're interacting, and you're learning skills, and you're learning to deal with disappointment. You're dealing to learn with anxiety, with timing. And you learn all these things as you're playing these games in a setting with friends and family where you're working on and you're developing relationships and you're having fun. And then you're creating memories. With these video games nowadays, are you creating memories with anybody? Or are you creating a memory by yourself in your room, solitary, maybe with some invisible person on the other end that may or may not be the person that you think they are? And so as you sit there and you're playing these and you're thinking about playing these games, it's like, the memories that were there, the fun that was there, even the video games that we played, whether it's Atari 2600 or the Nintendo or these offline video games, you had to sit there and play with each other and have fun. Even if you go back to these type of video games, you know, you could play by yourself, but then oftentimes I'd bring it along on trips or I'd bring it along over to a friend's house and we'd sit there and we'd play. And uh, a lot of times, you know, I mentioned my friend Chris often on the uh, podcast and we'd sit there and we'd play this baseball game and oftentimes you go one pitch it got to the point where sometimes we'd be running out the the door for something we go one pitch you get one pitch to see what you get and then i'd get one pitch and see what i got and then that would determine the winner and so you'd always have different kinds of things and those are memories that years later you think about when i look at these games that i have here and all the number of times that we sat in the back of a station wagon, remember station wagons? And in the very back, it was like the cargo area, and there was no seats, no seatbelts. You just kind of sat on this, you know, square surface. And then you had the door that dropped down, and if you're lucky, you'd get the window rolled down so you can actually breathe. And then you chuck things at the cars coming at you from from behind. But no, you sit there and you play those. Or if you had the more advanced um back seat, like the back area, they would open up and then you'd have side seats. I think uh, after uh, eighth grade, when I went on back to the colonies, a trip with the school to the uh, 13 original colonies back east, which is basically nowadays the trip to D.C. that people call it, um, I would always sit in the back. I would always sit in the back of the station wagon and just sit there. And that's where my seat was because I liked it back there. It was further, it was the furthest away from the driver. And me and a couple of guys would just kind of sit in the back there. And then I think they also had one that would open. So if we got really lucky, they'd open it and let's sit in there. But a lot of times we were back there with the luggage, too, as we were driving around. But, again, you have um, a game like Perfection. You would sit there and try to get them all in before they popped up. Or what about this game? Did you ever play this game? It's my turn to operate. Operate? Fingers. It's Operation the Wacky Doctor's Use Game. Battery's not included. Take out his spirits for $100. Oh, you'll never do that. Don't touch the side. Uh, Here goes his funny bone. It takes a very steady hand. I did it. That's $200 for me. May I play? Operation, a Milton Bradley game. Again, another game when you touch the side, it would buzz and the guy's nose would buzz. And the funny bone looked like a dog bone. And you sit there and you try to get them out and you'd pull a card and you'd read the card and you have to try to get out that part of the body without buzzing, touching the sides, and then you get money. And again, like the commercial said there at the end, the mom comes in, can I play? became 
something that you evolve the night around. And it might seem boring by today's standards because we've got Netflix, we've got Hulu, we've got Amazon Prime, we've got name any app we can watch uh, TV or movies on. You've got all these video games. You've got all this stuff that's distracting. I mean, even think about reading books. Now people read on Kindle, if Kindle's still around. But it went from books to now electronic devices, right? And then from electronic devices, who knows what? But again, where do you get that interaction with the uh, the whole concept of holding that book? Or remember when you used to go to uh, the video store? I mean, talk about instant gratification. Think about this for a moment, okay? So you're sitting there and you're playing these games, okay? And you're learning social skills and you're learning problem-solving skills and you're learning all these different things on how to react to something. You might have some disappointment because you buzzed and you hit the side and the nose lights up or you didn't get all the geometrical shapes into the thing before it pops up on uh, perfection. And so you're learning to overcome these things. And then it becomes secondary. So as a young kid, they might have a little bit more of an emotional response to it, right? Disappointment. Maybe they show emotion because they don't get it. Or you get really excited when you completed it. And then you, like with perfection, you had to hit the button to keep it from popping if you got all the geometrical shapes in before the timer went off. And then you all celebrate, right? And so you're learning emotion. You're learning how to control emotion. You're learning to deal with disappointment. And you don't see that nowadays with young kids. You see instant gratification. You see where they work for a little bit of time, maybe five minutes, and then they get a reward. And then they get the iPad, and they can look at their iPad. Remember when you had to go, first off, depending on how old you are, you had to go to the movie theaters to see a movie. And then eventually, you could rent a uh, VCR from the video store. And then eventually, VCRs became in everybody's house. But then you had to go to the video store. And so you'd race to the video store. Remember Blockbuster Video? To try to get that new release before everyone else did. Because then if the new release of that movie of the week was out, then what were you going to do? You had to go look for something else, right? And you had to peruse the long lines of, uh, or the long rows of movies. But again, you had to go and work for it. Or remember when you go to the music stores? You know, I know Blockbuster or a video had, had Blockbuster music, but there was also other music stores like Music Plus and other places. And you could peruse through the CDs and actually touch them, tactile, look through them, read the credits on the back. Some places you got to sample it to see if you actually liked it, you know? And so you had video stores, you had music stores, you had, all these other places that you can go and experience. It's the experience of it all. You go get something to eat, then you go to the video store. Nowadays, everything is right there. Just a click of the button, I've got the song that I want off of a digital download. A click of the remote, and I'm watching my movie. And there's no experience anymore. And it's like we become mundane in life, and we don't have any experience that we can fall back on. What's your Friday night going to be like? Well, I don't have to rush off to the video store because... There's no video store anymore. I can sit there and click on the remote because it's right there in front of me. I don't have to go stand in line for hours on end to watch a movie. And now you can assign your seat online, which is actually something that I like. That's pretty cool. But anyways, those experiences are gone. Remember when Top Gun came out, Maverick, the new one? I get a text message from a friend of mine, a win, a friend of mine. I've known him since we were three. And I'd actually go to his house and play Atari 2600 a lot of times. And uh, he sent me a text. He saw, the, he saw the movie, and it reminded him of the time that we went to see the original one. And we had to stand in this long line and wait hours to get in 
to see the movie because that's what you did. And it was at the Roxy in Glendale on uh, Brand Boulevard back when you had only like these theater houses, one theater and one screen. Or then maybe this one was the Capitol, one theater, one screen. And then I remember there was one across the street when it became two theaters. And then you had a movie on each screen, and now you have these multiplexes. So again, the evolution of it, going there, waiting in line, earning the opportunity to see a movie. It creates a different scenario of life than it is today. Now, a lot of people might like the um, the convenience, and that's fine too. There's nothing right or wrong about it. I'm just saying that we miss out on a lot of things because we don't have the experience of going to and, and experiencing that going to thing. So again, something just kind of keep in mind as we do that. Well, what about this one? Do you remember this one? H7. Hit. B6. Miss. H8. Hit. C5. Battleship. A great game of strategy, action, and suspense. Miss. H6. You sank my battleship. A game you can play anywhere. Battleship from Milton Bradley. How iconic did You Sunk My Battleship become back in the day? Battleship, another game that I think should be in the uh, Toy Hall of Fame. Again, these are games that I think should be in the Toy Hall of Fame that haven't. And I don't think they've been considered. Again, just kind of recap. You've got Perfection. You've got Operation. You've got Battleship. Uh, you've got Simon. Remember Simon, that round thing with the red and blue and green and yellow light that would light up and it would beep and then it would give you a pattern. Then you had to repeat the pattern by tapping on it. Again, memorization, mind skills that would help you uh, develop mentally and keep those skills going. Um, another one that I thought of is Trivial Pursuit. Remember Trivial Pursuit? You'd get together and have these Trivial Pursuit nights where you had to sit there and answer questions and fill the pies. And then once you filled your entire pie, you would win. But you started out with like history, maybe science, uh, maybe movies or entertainment and sports. And then you get your little pie wedge and you'd stick it in. And you'd have game nights, competitive game nights. But you're also learning too. There's something about trivia that's an educational thing. And you learn from it. Or what about this one? Did you ever play this game? So those are some uh, toys that I think should be inducted into the uh, Hall of Fame. So again, what's the whole point of this, really? I mean, it's having fun talking about reminiscing about games. Maybe there's games that you played. Um, like I said, I never really got into Scrabble, but Scrabble's in the uh, Hall of Fame. But maybe there's other things that you played. But when you think about it, and you see it on social media pop up a lot. Remember the, the stores when uh, Generation X, when Gen Xers were going up? Remember the stores? And then they put their hand over the thing. And then when they remove their hand, they go through a slideshow of stores or games that you played or being outside or people would have, you know, posts about staying out till the lights come on or riding their bikes, you know, whatever. And there was a difference. It was a difference. 
Um, and they even go so far as to, you know, drinking out of a hose. Remember, we are strong enough. You know, Gen X is the stronger generation because we drank out of a hose. Nobody drinks out of a hose these days because you got bottled water everywhere or water that comes from your refrigerator. But again, the whole idea of playing outside. Kids don't play outside. And when you're not playing outside, you're not playing with kids in the neighborhood. You're not learning those social skills. You're not learning how to resolve conflict. You're not learning how to just get some street cred. Like what's it like to kind of maneuver and have to problem solve and, and deal with other people's personalities and what other people are going through and, and solving arguments on the, uh, not the school playground, but like whether it be like for us down at the church, you know, the church uh, yard that we played on, you know, we'd have to resolve issues. If someone would say you're cheating, how do you resolve those issues? You know, do you do a do over? And what happens when someone gets a, a bad attitude because their team is losing? How do you resolve these things? How do you resolve picking teams? You know, there's always that whole stigma of being the last one picked, right? Like you're the worst one. So you're going to be the last one pick, you know, but you learn to overcome that because sometimes being the last one picked didn't mean anything, just that you were the last one picked. And you start to kind of understand society and the, the social involvement and involvement of people. And so, again, you stay out till dark. You learn how to maneuver outside your comfort zone. You know, I remember the first time I got to stay out till uh, after dark somewhere in mid-elementary school. I was just in the backyard, too, shooting baskets in the backyard. And it got dark. I turned the light on, and I'm still playing, still playing, still playing. And it was a Friday night and nothing to do the next day. And then you get outside your comfort zone. You go and experience new things. The time you're able to go down, like when I first learned to ride the bike, go down the street and then around the block and then around two blocks. And you start to expand your comfort zone because you're getting older and you can ride your bike and you're starting to explore areas. And then the time I got to ride my bike down to the local liquor store to get some candy that was there on the corner, Ace Liquors. Um, and so you live life. I mean, it was about living life. It was about having fun. It was about experiences, about memories. I remember one time, many years after I moved out of the neighborhood, um, I happened to be someplace. I don't remember where. I think it was might have been at a local high school because I used to do, uh, you know, cover sports play-by-play at local high schools. And I saw somebody that looked familiar, but I wasn't exactly sure who it was. Eventually, that person came up to me, and they were somebody from the neighborhood, and they remember playing in the backyard with us and having fun and talking about those memories. And here was somebody that I hadn't even thought about in a long time coming. And now we're starting to share and we're starting to reminisce about things that we did in our youth. One of the things that has kind of connected me to some of my lifelong friends is the fact that we had that youth. We had that childhood where we played together. We bonded together. We fought together. We had disagreements. We had agreements. We challenged each other. We got stupid together. We got all different kinds of things because that's how we learned. We weren't just told what to do. We didn't have adults telling us, don't do this because you're going to be safe. Or, don't do that because it's not safe. We had to go experience it. We had to figure it out for ourselves. Hey, should we really be doing this? Or should we really think twice about what we're going to do? Should we jump off the roof into the pool? Or should we not do that? And then you make the choice. Or what about just having the ability to just play? No, just play. I mean, think about that. There is nothing when it comes to playing that you worry about. Yeah, you've got those rules and you've got the cheating and you've got the I got you, no, you got me, you got those things. But really, what does it come down to? Eventually, you get back to just playing. No worries. You rest your mind. You're thinking about other things. A lot of us that experience anxiety or have issues, you know, mental issues. I think mental health, 
I think we get a lot of mental health issues today for many reasons, but I think one of it is because we have uh, stymied the mind and our mind wasn't able to just go out and relax and enjoy and have fun. I saw this uh, video about this one gal, and she uh, is talking about, I guess, her nighttime anxiety. So as soon as the head hits the pillar, anxiety hits, and it's like, boom, I'm awake. And so her anxiety was over. She had made a commitment in the beginning of the year to read 50 Goodread books on Google, I guess, Goodread. And now it's, what, September, and she's only read, or she's like 13 short of her goal, and now that anxiety kicks in. Okay, I understand that. But here's the thing. If you're going to do something like that, why set a specific goal that maybe isn't or is attainable, but that's what, like, a book a week? And then, of course, she's kind of more infamous on uh, social media. She has a lot, posts a lot, and gets out there and does some things. So it's like, did she really have the time? But, again, if you're doing something like that, why set yourself up for failure and give yourself anxiety? Just read for fun. Just start to say, you know what, I just want to read more. I want to go play more. You think about that movie Tag. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but Tag is a movie. And if anything, you should watch it for the story because it's a game that's been going on forever. Tag, you got to tag. And this one person in the, uh, I think it's Jeremy Rennie. I don't think he's ever been tagged. Okay. And so the whole thing is they try to get him tagged and all the different gimmicks and things that he has to do to get to avoid being tagged. Well, then the end of the movie they finally set up a scheme or something where they tag him and they're talking about the game and someone and the, and like the women, the wives, you know, they were never invited. It was always the guys. And then they started to realize that as a game tag was just that it was a game and it didn't matter if you got tagged or not. You just played the game. And how many times do I see in PE in an elementary school playground or in an elementary school gym, you get tagged and kids are crying or freeze tag where you have to freeze. We never thought twice about it. We just waited for somebody to tag us to unfreeze us. Now kids are crying because they got tagged or in dodgeball. They crying because they got out right away. We never thought of those things. That was a part of life. That's what we did. If you were the last one in the dodgeball arena, so to speak, then you were celebrated. If you were the first one out, it didn't matter. You sat there and you waited. And maybe when the ball would be outside and you'd go chase it down for the other people, you know, if it was errant. I mean, it didn't matter. You created things, but nowadays we see people crying because they get tagged or they get it. The other thing that we um, lose out on is creativity. I mean, I talked about Nerf, right? Adapt or die. I mean, that's what happens with creativity. You start to learn other things. You start to do other things. Games start to be created from games. And so dodgeball then became this thing that we developed Maybe somebody told us about it, which became German dodgeball. And that meant that once you had your two sides, and if somebody on this side got out, they didn't just go sit out. They would go to this side, and now they could try to get people out. So now you're really in the middle. And then people from this side could go over here and get the ball and throw it. And now you still had everybody involved. And so creativity and imagination evolved a dodgeball game. or I mean, uh, yeah, dodgeball game into this thing. I don't know why it became German dodgeball. But now... If you got out, it was no big deal because you were still participating. Again, problem solving was a big thing. You had to resolve issues. You had to figure out. Now I see kids and they go and tell their teacher right away what's going on. And now I see tattling jars in classrooms where if the kid tattles, they have to put something in the jar because they want them to problem solve. You get tough skin out on the street, right? You develop a tough skin. You don't let the little things, your ego doesn't get bruised so easy. 
You're able to toughen up and realize that this is what you got to do to earn respect. Now, it's not the gangs. That's another story for another time. But just in the neighborhood, you know, you got to get some street cred. You got to be respected. You got to realize that when you come to that churchyard and you're going to play ball, people realize that, okay, good, this person's here. We can trust them to, to play and to do it the right way. You seek adventures. You know, you think about Goonies going on their adventure, looking for treasure and that infamous line. It's our time. It's our time down here. Up there, it's their time. But down here, it's our time. Adventures. I think of all the crazy adventures I went on that were completely just made up in our heads. If people outside were looking at us, they'd think we were ridiculously stupid. But it was in our mind. We created these adventures in our minds. And we went on adventures and had fun. And I think that's different today. I don't think people have, I don't think young people have the creativity because they're given video games. They're given iPads. They're indoors all the time. They're watching YouTube, TV. They don't go out inside and they don't go outside and play. They're not in their neighborhoods anymore. Online communities have replaced outdoor communities. And it's a different time. It's a different world. And I think even like when you talk about the younger generation kind of being soft and weak and they can't problem solve and they're more selfish these days, they expect everything given to them. They don't want to earn anything. It's that instant gratification. Everything's handed to them, right? That's what they want. They want that now. I mean, remember going to the McDonald's playground? They don't have them anymore because people were getting hurt and we had to take them away. But McDonald's playground, what you had the, the officer Big Mac, that thing that you could climb inside. And then you had like the fry guy bouncy things. And then you had that hamburger spinning thing. And then you had some of those things even at playgrounds, like at the park, just the regular park. But then in places, all of a sudden those things disappeared because people were getting hurt and we couldn't have them anymore. Now, liability and law issues, you know, being lawsuits and stuff kind of fit into that. So that's part of the reason. But it was like we grew up on those things. Our parents didn't think twice about it if we got hurt. Sliding down the slide, trying to overcome the fact that you're going to burn your butt off because it was a metal slide on a hot day, but you resolved the issue. You figured out how to go down that slide because you wanted to go down that slide. And so you start to problem solve and you start to get this strong mindset of being a tough child. And it took a lot to make us go home and cry. You know, there was a whole lot of stuff that we would do that we would just brush off and move forward. But nowadays, we're not that way. Even remember going to the arcade. You had to go to the arcade and put your quarter up on the game. And then when it was your turn, you got to play the game. You learned patience. You learned the value of a quarter. You learned what it was like to deal in that environment. Now everything's just right there online. We don't learn a whole lot inside the house anymore like we used to when we were outside. Remember concert tickets. And again, there's convenience to technology. Don't get me wrong. But I remember back in the old days going to concerts, you had to go stand in line. And get a ticket and hope the ticket was a good one. Now you can pick and choose. But there was a lot of stories of getting up early, 4 or 5 a.m. to go stand in line to get your concert tickets. And I think that's one of the things, too, that toys basically allowed us. Toys allowed us an opportunity to experience life. And now we don't really experience life anymore. We sit and we watch life. We watch life pass us by. And we're not as engaged as we used to be. We're not as involved. We think we are, and we would say we are, but we're really not because it's become a spectator sport. Life used to be a participation sport, but now it's a spectator sport. We watch life go by, 
And as we watch life go by, we miss out on a lot of opportunities, opportunities for fun, opportunities for memories, opportunities for experiences. And as those opportunities are missed, we start to become removed and detached from those things that we experienced. And now we don't even look for them anymore. We don't even consider them anymore. And then when you go back to something like this and you look at toys, all those memories start to flood back of all the things that I did with the toys, whether it be handheld electronic games with friends in long car drives on vacation, whether it be listening to the Walkman because the Walkman finally came out, making sure you had batteries. You couldn't run out of batteries. You had to make sure you had extra batteries in case this thing died because there's no way you're going to allow that to die because you needed it. So you problem solved. You thought ahead. You gained life skills that were important, and we don't have those anymore. Now kids freak out when the iPad dies or when we have to take it away from them because they don't have impulse controls anymore. And so I think if we were to get back to life a little bit more, don't have to go all the way back, but get back to play, get back to toys, get back to doing outside things, getting back to doing things as a family, doing things in a community, in friends, because I think there's a lot missed when we aren't doing that. I think there's a lot to learn and a lot to gain from doing those type of things. And for us growing up, it was all about toys. This is Two Steps Ahead Podcast, encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. I'm Son Edom. Hey, find us on the uh, internet, our website, RadioWarp.com. That's Radio, W-A-R-P, RadioWarp.com. Just click on the uh, Two Steps Ahead Podcast logo, and all of our shows are right there. You can also find us on Instagram at T-W-O, Two Steps Ahead Podcast. There's a link tree link in the bio. Click on it, and it'll take us to uh, your YouTube. It'll take you to our YouTube channel, our SoundCloud channel. You can subscribe and never miss an episode. On the SoundCloud side of life, it's an audio version of the podcast. You can actually download it and take it with you on the go. So you don't have to sit there and be handcuffed to a computer. Um, there's also a merchandise shop. If you want to support the show and buy some cool merchandise, you can do that. It's hoodie season. Lots of cool hoodies on there. So maybe you want to sport a Two Steps Ahead podcast hoodie. And then you can also uh, find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. You could go, hey, Alexa, hey, Surrey, hey, Google, play TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast, and we pop up. Or you can just do an internet search of TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast, and we are there. But as you go through life, stop living life as a spectator and start living life as someone who is participating because you get more out of participation the good, the bad, and the ugly, than you do just watching. I mean, have you ever played a game, ever played a sport, and experienced all that versus just watching? It's a completely different experience. And so when you start to participate in life, and it might be the little things, maybe you volunteer to be a part of an organization, or maybe you go out and you want to be a part of a group, find an interest, whatever it is that interests you, and find something that you can be a part of so that you become an active member of life, because as you will see, becoming an active member of life, uh, an active member of life. So as you see, becoming an active member of life is much more productive and much more rewarding than you could ever imagine. And I think that you will find that life is more enjoyable, less boring, and you're getting more out of it because you're being an active member of life. So something to think about. Again, two steps ahead podcast, encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen. Let yourself be great. 
I'm Son Edom. Hey, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend. And until next time, God bless.